Core. You are listening to Core, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities. A show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fox City's Core. I'm your host, Andy McNamara. We have taken a little break from live shows. It's good to be back. It's been about a month since our last band in studio interview. So I'm excited to get back into it. Uh, without any further ado, this show's a doozy. But um, that's bad. A bad one to start off with. Uh, <laughs> Doozy's a Whammy award winning band. They're from the Appleton area. They formed in 2010. And earlier this year, they, they refresh off a show at Summerfest, and they also have a new song and video that they're premiering during the show today. I'd like to welcome Dee and Andy from Doozy. How are you guys doing today? Pretty tired. <laughs> I'm doing good. I got my poison. We're all good. Well, I got coffee. That's pretty close. <laughs> you, you guys have been playing a lot of shows. You, you've got to think about a, a week off. Is that yeah, accurate? Yep. So the reason you're here is you've got a a new song and video the the song is the first off of an ep that's going to be released when is the the new ep coming out bum, bum, bum. uh the 12th <laughs> the 12th yep so next week can you can you tell me a little bit about the the song that you're premiering today is the whole thing coming out today or just the the single um so the song will be available on youtube right now we wanted to bump our views up a little bit on that before the ep came out so um yeah, the song's called uh, "Do You Want to Get High with Me," and it's a it's a song about it's a song about love. I like to say because when you say it's about it's about drugs, uh, people kind of eh, add it sometimes. But um, it's just about how people use love like a drug, kind of thing. So, and then how many other songs are going to be on on the CP? Uh, four, four songs. Yeah, so five total. When you were here back in january of of this year do you you played a clip of one of the songs <laughs> yep at, at that point how far were you in the the process most of the track tracking must have been done uh yeah it was pretty pretty close to being all done um just waiting on the finishing touches from studio and then mastering and stuff so and the the full the full ep when that comes out uh people get a chance to to hear what what doozy's sound has been kind of turning into yeah on the show in january you mentioned you're heading into more of an electronic not more of an electronic but you had some more electronic elements sort of added and yeah and loops mm-hmm. doing some of that live and i'm sure you've been playing the the new ep live already to kind of test the waters how has it been doing you know kind of going in that direction from a live perspective it's, it's been good i mean uh we've we have a couple of um <clears throat> excuse me we already have a couple covers that we do where we use track elements to it to kind of spice things up a little bit so we were already used to playing with a click in our ears and playing along with the track a little bit so um we've only been playing really this one that we're releasing today for everybody uh, a couple times and it's gone pretty good i think yeah d how is that playing I'm guessing typical typically you wouldn't be playing with the click um no not normally but um i think just over the last few years getting more comfortable with it um 
like especially with like recording and stuff in the studio um it just helps keep everything on track and like you know when you run into those issues where you can't hear certain things uh when you're playing live and stuff that definitely helps keep it on track because usually when you play from i have a pad a drum pad so it keeps everything at like the same level so you know at least you can hear you know one of those things and they'll help keep you on track and usually during shows anyways i mean i know uh a lot of us drummers you know we kind of pretty much know the song so you just you remember to play the beat and know where you are in the song that that usually carries everything and even if something else is a little off as long as you keep your beat then you know the the song should be pretty good so so do you use in-ear monitors like the actual in-ears when yeah. you're playing live yep how long have you been using those for a couple years yeah it's been a couple of years now um Maybe at first it was four. yeah three or four at first it was really weird doing that because we had just been using wedges and floor monitors the whole time and making that switch was really weird at first but once you got used to it and doing it a lot more uh i i personally would never go back to floor monitors yeah. i love having the in-ears in and being able to control everything because most guys that we have run our sound we're able to control it ourselves on our phones or tablets or whatever and so we can get each individual volume the way we like it and it's a lot easier you can turn it up and it's right in your ear as opposed mm -hmm. to can i hear this over the guitar mm -hmm. or the drums does that block out a lot of the the crowd noise like if the the crowd is talking does that kind of muffle that out usually oh. it does sorry no usually good. it does wearing wearing both of them for me at least uh that's why I, usually I, i'll take one out um for the most part i can hear like everything and i have our track split so i gotta you know click in one ear and then the track in another ear so you can pretty much you know whatever you want to hear you can keep in your ear, but I usually take one out when we're not playing, so that way I can hear like what's going on outside. We've also had a couple sound guys that set up a mic hidden towards the front of the stage that's aimed at the crowd so that we can have the them turn up the ambience a little bit. That way it's just not, how's it going? And then you can't hear anything, and then you're like, cool, and then you just move on. So, so if that is you know getting all mixed for your in-ears with, with crowd noise it sounds like you're set up pretty well to get a, a live album recorded fairly easily if you ever wanted to do that right <laughs> yeah, yeah we could honestly we've talked about it in the past doing that so something that could be released as a, a special sort of here's this yeah <laughs> yes. yeah yeah that'd be cool we'd probably have to pull some <laughs> do an all original show and pull some uh old songs out of the bag but that'd be pretty cool do like a hour or something worth a live live album work or yeah let's uh let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the parts about being a musician that maybe some of the the viewers aren't really accustomed to since we did cover the history of the band the last time you guys were here that's right yeah i need to go through all of that again it was pretty interesting <laughs> if people want to check it out they can find it on our uh, code zero radio uh, code zero radio facebook page or the youtube um fox city's core page and it's you go through when you guys are a four piece down to a three piece and mm -hmm. then all the recording through and the, the awesome record covers, the scary spaghetti cover and, oh, that's right. and all of that. So <laughs> it's, uh, we'll go through all that. But so as far as releasing music right now, um, but I heard you talking about distro kid yeah. earlier, being a musician, are you guys doing hard copies of the EP or is it just strictly digital? Just doing digital around, um, in the past we've done the hard copies and we've talked about just doing a very limited amount from like ourselves and friends and for giveaway type deals. But 
we we've, just... we've just found going digital is a lot easier and so much to pay to get the hard copies and half the people these days don't even know what cds are anymore when we're playing at our gigs so you know here you want a cd uh sure i don't i don't know how to play this i don't know so. <laughs> i think we're better off getting like getting like uh some records and yeah vinyl, vinyl yeah they know copies. what vinyls are yeah we know so, that like we'll go, we're going even farther back we'll we'll get a vinyl and we'll play that <laughs> but cds now we're good has mm-hmm. vinyl been something you guys talked about i actually did talk about it but it it is pretty pricey mm-hmm. um so you know maybe down the road if we got like a pre-order um and people wanted to pre-order that you know cover the cost because it does cost a lot and obviously the more you get the the cheaper it is but you know we don't want to buy 500 vinyl copies and only sell 10 of them so yeah and this I guess if you're going to do a vinyl, this is just a, an idea here. Just spitballing. Greatest hits. Doozy's greatest hits on vinyl. Because then you can get all the best of the best. Hey, there you go. Old too. days on there <laughs> and all that stuff yeah. and, and put it all out as one. Um, the, the EP that that's out there. Okay, so you decided to put on DistroKid. You don't have any hard copies, so people have to buy it online. Do yep. you get any residuals or anything from, from plays? Is it to the point yet where you're getting paid for anything are you just pretty much making your money as a band from playing shows um most of it is from shows uh we do get some money from you know all of our plays and views and stuff uh it's not that much but (laughs) we do get some uh so go out there download it listen to it as many times as you as you can and just play it once a day that'll be good for us (laughs) Mm -hmm. any little amount helps and usually when we get the payments sent to us from these sites and whatever it just typically goes into our little band account that we have and we just use it to save up for when we want to get more merch to sell or just a constant circle of putting money in and sending money out so (laughs) you guys had your earlier releases is there anything like are you glad you did physical copies of those yeah she would have just kept those digital uh no i'm glad we did the hard copies then because when we started cds were still a prominent way of i mean they were kind of going on the downswing already but it was still worth it enough to get those and then to give them out at big shows and whatnot and it was just it was just cool being a younger band at the time and having those cds because that was always a dream of mine as a kid listening to albums wanting one of those so it was just kind of a a, a personal goal of mine that I achieved, and it was always nice giving those away and knowing that they were out in the in the music sphere somewhere, you know. So it also just kind of gave that little extra push to keep going, keep doing it. It's cool. You, know? you guys recently played Summerfest. It's not your first time playing Summerfest. How did how did it go this year? Good, good. It was fun. Yeah. Usually we're thrown at the back end of Summerfest and all the sound guys are kind of a little crabby and kind of <laughs> fed up with <laughs> running bands. And so it was nice to get opening day where all the sound guys were, oh, we love doing this. It's awesome. So it was it was nice. Sound guys were great and show was really good. And I think for being opening day, uh, we weren't really sure what to expect, if it would be busy, if it would be a little slower, if people would stay, but it ended up being a pretty good crowd for opening day on a thursday at noon or whatever time we played yeah, at <laughs> so, somewhere on there yeah it was it was great how many times have you played Summerfest? 
Jeez, like six or seven times <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah. So it must be like the first time you played it, it must have been somewhat like intimidating. And then mm-hmm. you must just go there now and it's just like playing another show that you've played a bunch of times. Yeah, actually. I mean, it's Summerfest, it, though. So it's, it's still like, really exciting. It's, it's just like, that anxiety and the stress and intimidation has gone. Now we can just yeah. kind of chill out and enjoy it. I saw some videos online, which was, was I liked a lot because I couldn't make it down there, but uh, Ryan was really getting into it, but he kind of always gets into the shows, doesn't he? It, yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> He's probably the most uh, energetic of us all. Well, I'll just say he moves a lot, so... <laughs> He does his little square dance routine that he has. <laughs> he'll, he'll be, he'll be super Ryan. tired, but he'll still he'll still be moving around. Does does Ryan ever try to to get you guys to move around as much as he does? And you guys move around quite a bit too. But Ryan's just kind of off the charts. He likes to pick on D a lot. He likes to try to get D to move, even though he's stuck behind the kit and can't really do anything. <laughs> but Ryan's always every other song. Do a drum solo. Do this. Do that. Well, since uh, well, since Ryan's not here today, we can pick on him as yeah, much as right. we want. Exactly. He also does that outside of band too. Yeah. He's like, do you do this? Do you do that? We're eating at a restaurant. Do a drum solo. <laughs> no, this is not the place nor the time for that. So, can you tell us something about Summerfest that that people might not know as far as being a band that plays at Summerfest? Do you get access to to other stage areas? Do you get um, like food? Um, you get you get access to your one stage, but then you get like a free pass the whole day that you're there to go hang out and do whatever. They give you uh, drinks and coolers and stuff in the back. There's usually cool little dressing rooms behind each stage you get to hang out in. Um, when you get there, you have to park by the river, and then you load all your gear into a van, and then they bring you to the stage, and you have to unload your gear, and then you set up your gear on the stage, and then you have to tear down, and then go back <laughs> in the van, and then drive back to the parking lot. So it's a lot of work, but it's, a it's, tedious process. it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I don't think, like, as far as uh, food or anything, it'd be cool to get some stuff, but usually it's, like, vendors and stuff that are there anyway, so it's kind of hard for, you know, to get food that way unless you're, you know, a bigger band or act like steve aoki or something like he had a bunch of you know snacks in his in his room and stuff his so. room was right next to ours and yeah. d may or may not have snuck in there to check <laughs> it things out i wasn't the only one <laughs> that's uh it, it sounds pretty cool it, it must have been an awesome experience and always is yeah did you meet any new fans down at after Summerfest? and is it yeah typical to have people after a show come up and you know give you the compliments like great show or yeah yeah it's always cool um i mean depending on how we play we usually get more or less but uh, (laughs) um but uh yeah it's always cool when you get done and it's it's a nice kind of break from having to tear down and you're all hot and sweaty and coming down from the from the energetic pace of having to play and people come up and just say nice things and We've been lucky in our time as a band to kind of always have people that come up and say nice stuff. Not, not too much have anybody ever come up and said hey, bad yes, things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Usually they just say that online, but uh. so, sometimes it's a little like uh, it's a little rough at Summerfest, like to go out and you know really talk to people right away because we have to pack up our stuff and everything. They get you in and, and out of there real get quick. you in and out of there real fast because you know the next act as well as we want to get your stuff back. And once you come back, though, you know, it's it's a couple people notice you, so that's pretty cool. Did you have a lot of friends from uh, the Fox Cities that go down there to see you guys this year? Not a couple. Yeah, a couple. Uh, in, in years past, we've had a few more sh- show up, but because we were playing on a weekend, it was a lot easier. Um, but with it being a Thursday this year, there was there was a few. So thanks for the few that came out and saw us and took off of work. 
Yeah. We were talking before the show started about uh, Justin Perkins and, and how mm-hmm. he mastered the, the EP. And I think, uh, dear Andy, I don't remember which one had said that. You think that he mastered everything that Doozy's ever done? Mm-hmm. Uh, all but, well, at least all of our singles and this EP he has. Um, you know, in prior years, it was uh, Tony Anders. Um, he did like all of our recording and he did our ma- uh, mixing and mastering. So. Yeah, but outside it he, was just a couple things that Tony yeah, did. Outside yeah. of that, Perkins was the Perkins go-to has been guy for pretty us. much for even when Tony was doing stuff, he did some mastering. But I think like our first album, maybe Tony did. But yeah, he's been a, a good guy to go to. How how important do you think like mastering is? And can you explain to the listeners if if they're not familiar, like what goes into you know you record and then as far as like the mixing and the mastering, like how that process works. When you guys want to explain that process? So I still don't understand really what mastering <laughs> is. I just know you should do it. And when that's why we keep going to Perkins, because whenever you have a question about it or whatever, he is one of the smartest guys we've ever met. And he, he explains everything in great detail. And even after we're done reading it, we're still kind of like, okay, <laughs> like... But uh, yeah, you re- you record, you track everything, and then you rely on your producers and engineers to kind of get all the levels set, and then the mastering is just kind of. I I still don't from, know. It just sounds partial. My partial understanding, I think it's uh, you know, just trying to mix it to or not mix it, but like get all of your tracks to the correct level that uh, for all platforms is like kind of you know, at that same level and um, just making it sound good and that nothing like peaks too much and you don't get, you know, these random noises in your ear that, you know, from something being too loud or too low or that you can't hear something. So just making sure all across the board, everything sounds good and uh, through all platforms when it comes to you that it all sounds the same. It's been the the platforms, it's been a a headache because each platform has been kind Mm -hmm. of doing things different as far as like the, the volumes of things. And yep. it, it's almost getting to the point where if you want everything to be mastered perfect, you have to get it mastered like six different ways just yep. to, to make it uh, to work. And I suppose being a, a musician is that, does that make the recording of music less fun than it used to be? Um, Not really for me. Cause w- w- that's why we have Perkins. That's, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's why we go to him to handle that. Um, as for us like writing and just playing we just kind of go into the studio and what sounds good we we just go with and then we send it off to him to work his magic he's a great magician to me he's a sorcerer (laughs) (laughs) i think with uh as far as like on our side it doesn't really change but he knows how to you know get all the levels and stuff and when he sends it to you he tells you like what to do like if use this file get the best sound um, and use this file for CDs, use this for, you know, digital media and stuff like that, um, videos. So he, he does all the work for you. And um, he definitely tells you, like, we use DistroKid, so uh, he tells us, like, make sure when you upload it that it says, do you want the all the volumes, like, normalized and, you know, all that stuff? Say no, because <laughs> they, they do their own work, and then it kind of compresses a lot of the sound and then it doesn't sound as good as uh you originally heard it so 
Well, it's the, the loudness wars is kind of what they re- refer to that mm-hmm. as like, and it's tough because every band wants their stuff to, st- to, you know, stand out. And if you can do that by making it a little bit louder and you want it to sound as loud as something else when it's on the mm-hmm. radio or wherever, but it just keeps getting pushed and pushed and there's only so much that you can, you can do. And distro kid, yeah, the checkbox. I mean, yep. is it, when you're filling the, the stuff out in all the forms, is it a little stressful because there, there are little boxes and yep. little things. Yeah. And it's like, once we send this, you know, click this submit button, we're kind of like committing to, yep. You're locked into well, it. And the, the good thing about that is Disho kid does allow you to like, you can go back and change a few things before it's live. But you know, if you do it, it does delay it a little bit, you know, depending on how close it is to your release date. But for the you know, that's why you know double checks are are good. So go back and look through it. But for the most part, it's it's been pretty easy. I think that's a pretty easy process to for a distro kid to do that stuff. So, All right, so it's I guess we covered mastering all right there. <laughs> like, We're the, pros now. <laughs> just come to us for it. And I, I can't remember where you guys said you recorded the EP at. Cherry Pit in Cherry Pit, uh, that's right. Down in Menominee Falls, right? That's yep. You know, I always mix that up. <laughs> we we kind of got ahead of ourselves, but so before the mastering even takes place, you're tracking, mm-hmm. and they. Uh, I'm guessing Cherry Pit did the the uh, mix. Yep, yep. That, that they sent. Once they get the mix done, then that goes for mastering. So there's a lot of different um, hoops you have to jump through before the album's even out or yep. you know, your release is even out. So um, as, as far as the mixing goes, do you guys agree on mixes typically when you get a, a copy of the mix or is there usually something that one of the, the guys in the band hears and, and wants changed? We'll say about 80%. <clears throat> usually he, I mean, like through the good, last, yeah. <laughs> about the last, like, uh, you know, few singles and stuff we've done with him. He's kind of, you know, understanding more and more of our sound as we keep going back. Um, you know, our first time around, it was a little bit different, but uh i think now we're at that point where it's about 80 percent, and it's just like little things that we like you know that we would want turned up or you know down or whatever but for the most part it's about 80 percent good to go and it's just like little things like oh can you turn the the synth up or this bell or you know Mm -hmm. a little bit less vocal on this one part or something so that's the time to just try things out and see if you like something better or worse and know we had uh, played with like clap sounds at one point and yep. stick hits at one point <laughs> and those didn't make it on there because we just didn't prefer that so yeah. that's the time to just try and mess around with stuff well, a reminder to the the viewers we're going to be premiering a new song and video for doozy coming yep. up a little later in the show but you've made it to the point in the show for our band reaction segment oh, oh yeah. here we go Band reaction. Band reaction. Nobody would open the doors to us. But Amitz was one place that opened the doors to me. And that's why I go back and play there at Amitz. That bar, there's a very few bars that open the doors. And when they open the doors to me, I never forget them. One of them was Pali and Hops in Oshkosh. One of the most husbies. So these venues, as big as we are, we go and play in that venue. Whether it's not about the money. A friend is always a friend until the day you're done. So you gotta keep it that way. You never, never walk away from it. Now I always believe in friendship first, family first. 
everything else come later. These are my family, man. Obviously, that was PETA from Unity. Yep. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> what's uh, what's your reaction? That's that's what it's like for us. We have bars and venues that are that have been there since the start, and that gave us a chance. I think every band kind of needs that to kind of get things kick started. I know Camps and Combined Locks is a is a place where we first started getting shows, and Doug's a great guy there, and everybody there is awesome. So we. We play there every year. Um, he had mentioned barley and hops in his uh, s- s- session here, and uh, we uh, we also played there. That was actually, I think, one of our first shows. Tony Anders got us a show in there playing with uh, what was what was their name? The other band that was playing uh, with us. Baywood Park. Baywood Park, yeah, and uh, we we played there, and that was our, one of our first gigs. So, I think every band needs bars and venues like that that just the close relationship is started and you they help you grow because then they put out word to other venues and that helps you grow as a band and as a person yeah as long as you don't suck <laughs> that's a good motto for everything in life <laughs> so when you guys were starting out that question originally started with um was it hard to get shows when, when he was starting out and he, he was we kind of got into the the answer late, but he said he he has kind of an allegiance to the the places that kind of let him play, mm-hmm. you know, when they didn't have a name built up. And, and you mentioned some places there. I mean, do you tend to try to play those places often? Is kind of like a you know a thank you and the relationship uh, factor that they helped you guys when nobody really heard a doozy. Yeah, I mean, as far as uh, camps, I know we we still play there. Um, probably like two or three times a year or so um so that's always a good show you know it's it's always like uh just a fun time for everybody um barley and hops we haven't played there in forever but i know they they haven't really been doing bands like they used to um just kind of a different scene in oshkosh right now uh there's still places that do it but um it'd be nice to go back there and play again and just, you know, get that nostalgic feeling again. Um, I know we played with, uh, like Andy said, Verona Grove there a couple times. Um, It'd be cool to, like, get, you know, get a reunion at (laughs) Barley and Hops and play with a couple bands or something. Doozy and Verona Grove. Yeah, that'd be cool. (laughs) I think Verona Grove, they're playing. It seems like they're playing again. Yeah, they're starting to pick things up. Every once in a while, I think they do like, uh, you know, a show or two a month or something like that. So Mm -hmm. just play every once in a while. Do do you still keep in touch with people like Tony? Like, do you guys friends where you just kind of reach out every once in a while and see how... Mostly kind of every once in a while thing. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we, we all see each other's you know, stuff on Facebook or whatever. And he's our last uh, songs that we released. He, you know, sent us a message and say, good tunes guys. And, you know, just kind of checking up and yeah. How does cherry pit differ from uh, studio H when you guys recorded at studio H I've heard a lot about cherry pit and that's, is that down in the Milwaukee area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. How is that studio set up compared to some place like studio H, which was, you kind of walked in, it was a room, and then the control room, and then mm-hmm. the practice yep. room. Is yeah. it similar? When you get down to the basics of it, there there's a lot of similarities between the two. They each have a control room. They each have a, a room where you track drums in. And, uh, and most of the time, you're in the control room, if you're not a drummer, just sitting around watching the drummer play. And then when the drummer's done, you you do the guitars and 
bass and all the other instrumentation. And then uh, Cherry Pit had a vo- has a vo- vocal booth. I think they just remodeled it too. Yeah. And uh, Tony had a. We just did the vocal booth in the same room as the other tracking equipment, and whatnot. And so when you get down to the basics of it, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, where the big differences come from is like the producers themselves, their ideas, their directions they would like to try to push you to go in. And both uh, guys did a really good job of trying to get the most out of us, especially me, because when I go into the studio personally, it's a, I, I put more pressure on myself in the studio than in a live show. Um, I always tell people being in the studio is just kind of punching yourself in the crotch a bunch of times until you get to take your happy with you know so i mean it, it's just about just trying to be who you are as a person and not letting the intimidation get you and every producer has their own different way of getting you to relax a little bit and i think uh personally um it's just you know just a little bit different sound because i think uh you know tony he was in a or he's in verona grove and they have like a sound that's closer to ours um so that was easier to get like that pop you know that pop sound and really get that to come through and um you know any other little things as well as the uh, synth and stuff that we have on any older tracks and then with uh eric he kind of gets the you know just the he's a little bit heavier but he understands like the the pop route <laughs> that we that we have and all the synth and stuff so he really gets the rest of the music and you know gets the drums and the guitar out and then you know filling in like with the synth so it's a little bit different style but they both like came through exactly how we wanted it and mixed it well and could not complain on (laughs) on any one of them so when you're recording drums especially i think with the the format you're going in now uh drums first and then did you take off or do you stay for the duration of everything? Cause that's no. a lot to sit through. He sleeps it? in the, he sleeps in the control room while yeah, we're doing our guitar parts. Yeah. I pretty much sleep the whole time. Hey, it's warm. Um, but no, usually I, for pretty much every song we've done, we track all the, um, we do all the drums first. Um, it's just nice to get that, you know, get the beat down and something for everybody to follow and then pretty much know where you're at. And then it's nice because then I can, start and then i'm done the first day and then after that is just you know hanging around and chilling and um really i just uh try to help come up with ideas for other stuff so on uh this ep you know just doing a lot of um like we had our basic parts for synth and stuff but there's little things here and there like oh well what if we changed it to you know these two notes and like went up or down like you know just little things like tweaking each sound a little bit or just coming up with some something extra for guitar you know whatever whatever it is just another ear just to listen otherwise we probably wouldn't have half the things so and that goes with all of us when we're not doing our parts we're just listen standing around listening and making sure we got what we want and sounds good it's probably good that that you know your stress level probably goes down after the drums because andy i'm (laughs) sure you're like even when you're getting guitars tracked you're probably thinking about i have to do vocals next or or whatever it's probably not like a good feeling in your stomach um how do you feel like when you're doing vocals do you feel your voice sounds different on playback than it, it is in your head yep um being in that vocal booth is is intimidating because you're just by yourself and you're just in there locked in 
And me, I just nitpick every little thing that I do. And so every take, I'm like, that sucked. That sucked. <laughs> that sucked. And it's just me for, like, when we do vocals, I know the past two times we've done them, I did all the songs in a day, and it took, like, nine hours both times. And at the end of the day, I was like, that sucked. <laughs> like, I was like, whatever. <laughs> but it's Eric and Tony both did a really good job of getting me to sound as good as I can, I think, on these recordings. Well, like you were saying earlier, I think they both uh, they both push you in their own ways, but it's uh, it's trying to get you over that mental hump that hey, it sounds good and you're doing you're doing great, um, you know, just trying to get you to to go here. And I know sometimes you you know you go down and you do what you're comfortable with, like especially playing live shows, how you kind of want it to sound when you start making the song, and then you know with their ideas, you know their producers and um, they they know the direction kind of where where to go and like other things to play with so they get you to you know go that extra get that extra level and kind of you know make the extra magic for each song with the vocals and stuff and they do a great job so do you uh do any vocal exercises before what's your normal lead into um, to recording my vocal exercises consist of panic attacks and <laughs> um no, just kind of warming up. I, I've been, with all the shows we've been having lately, I, and I was doing this a little bit in the studio too, I I drink tea, warm tea. Sometimes it's too hot, and then I burn my mouth, and then I'm like, <laughs> then well, this had the exact opposite effect that I wanted it to. But, um, yeah, it's for me, I could do as many vocal exercises and anything that I want, and I'm still just going to nitpick myself every little thing. And I think... To a certain extent, a lot of artists and a lot of musicians have the same have the same vibe as that, where they're just they're never happy with themselves or what they're putting out, and that's what I think kind of pushes you to keep keep doing it. <laughs> Especially when you guys ask me to do vocals as well, I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, I, we've we've got a, a question here. We'll get to in a minute from uh, Jerry. Uh, I saw something about imposter syndrome, where musicians feel like they're not like. I don't know if you've heard of it. it it's also in different um, occupations where okay. you feel like an imposter, like I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not good enough. Do you ever mm -hmm. feel that imposter syndrome? Like kind of like what yeah. you said, where nothing's good enough and you're just kind of like making your, faking your way through it. Kind yep. of? Yeah. I feel that not even just in band stuff, but in just normal, regular everyday life. And we're, this is, that's a depressing way to start off the morning if you're just getting <laughs> up. But, uh, but no, I, uh, our record play pretend is, pretty much about all that and all my different life experiences and how I don't feel feel like I fit in or I'm not uh, meant to be doing what I've been doing and it just feels off and I think to a certain extent everybody kind of has that feeling at some point in their lives I think that's just part of growing up and living life is just trying to figure out where you think you should be because I don't think you're meant to be anywhere personally I just think you're just meant to experience it and just live life you know and just try different things but yeah i definitely feel that especially when you're in the studio because it's like i said you're just punching and punching and punching so i think that um if you don't like feel like those kind of things um it just it's just a different feeling but i think it makes it more authentic like when we when we do our tracks when we play live if you kind of don't feel that it's just kind of like oh yeah i'm up here i'm good yeah what's up <laughs> it's just kind of like you know that cockiness that's I just how you feel sound like every show though you literally <laughs> say that into the mic yeah 
<laughs> no, I think it just feels more authentic, like when you play and stuff, and uh, just more personable and stuff. So it, you know, if you show your vulnerabilities to people, um, people eat that up. It, it's kind of you know, it's something to relate to, as opposed to oh, this there's just this band up there playing, and they're just playing music. So if you give them something like kind of personable and you know authentic, then I think that. It, it plays well for us, and that's what it has for the past few years. So. I like that you're the drummer, and your impression of people being up on stage was you doing this. Oh, bass you immediately players. went to the bass, <laughs> the bass line, well, instead well, of like, oh, yeah, we're cool. You just immediately went here. Well, you forgot I, uh, I played bass a little bit. Yeah, I know you did. Old band about 10 years did. ago. <laughs> it just shows where your heart really is. Bass? Mm-hmm. No. That's why you're so hard on Ryan all the time. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just no, no. Thanks for the uh, the uh, in-depth conversation on that. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we've got a question here from uh, Jerry. Jerry host Amped Up Tuesday Night. He says, hey, guys. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> Hi, Jerry. You guys have a long tenor as far as bands go, being together since 2010. What is the main factor you feel has kept the band going for all this time? Any plans to go on tour? Uh, the first part of that question, money. I'm just kidding. No, um, no, we're just best friends that just like doing this, and it's fun. We and, are. I I thought maybe. Oh. Um, but anyways, uh, <laughs> no, we just like doing this. We like hanging out with each other. I'm kind of a homebody outside of the band stuff, so this is my time to get out and, as D would say, my time to shine. And so uh, that's a uh, that's an inside joke with us. Uh, that's not so much inside anymore, but. Uh, but yeah, and then for touring, uh, we've talked about it in the past. It's something that's been brought up um, many, many times. I think it's kind of hard to tour with, you know, being a, you know, we play covers and stuff as well. So to fill out a show, it, I mean, it's possible. Like we can, you know, go around and do a little Wisconsin thing or, you know, surrounding states kind of thing. But um it's just a little bit harder, but you know, obviously, if we did our originals and we played mostly originals, yeah, that's that's very possible. Um, probably get a couple other bands in on that, but I think you know, a good starting point would be like you know the the college kind of areas. You get like Madison, Milwaukee, uh, maybe Lacrosse or Stevens Point, Eau Claire. You kind of go over to you know Minnesota and get the Twin Cities area as well, or Chicago and stuff, and kind of start from there and. You know, if you play a couple shows everywhere, that'd be, you know, like the starting point at least. But, you know, got to get in contact with uh, other bands who, you know, do original music as well and uh, kind of get your original stuff out there. And it, I know most of our covers, we try to make our own anyways. And um, so playing some of those live are people really enjoy because it's not an exact cover so it doesn't make a scene cover band <laughs> um which that's what we strive for anyways because originally when we started we wanted to be an original band um it's just a little bit harder in this area so um you know we have to have to do those originals but um uh, making it our own and kind of making it something that that we enjoy playing and don't play it exactly like everyone else does and we play songs that not every other band plays so um i think that definitely has helped for us so hopefully we can uh, reach out to some surrounding areas if anybody's watching you want to reach out to us from you know chicago or minnesota or any really anywhere um reach out to us and hopefully get a show 
We've got a question here, and I'll just get controversial before we uh, get the caller's question. <laughs> I think Doozy should be playing Mile Music, and I believe that, like, Mile well, Music, uh, I love Mile Music, I love, love the crew, but Doozy's got a solid catalog of original material, and um, penalizing a band just because they're trying to make a living around here and earn some money, I think, is not cool. Like, I just don't think that's right on my music you guys don't have to respond but that's just my opinion you're on the air with doozy what's your question oh we lost the caller <laughs> <laughs> you scared uh, him away with call, that call back it's call back I, didn't, I, I was using my dad voice there <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, but anyways uh so please call back uh very curious of the question but uh yeah anyways that's that's how i feel about that and it's it's just not that doozy there's Lots of bands. I, I enjoy your guys' originals. Thank and, you. Thank you. And um, the, the, the covers are awesome too, but it's just something I think in this area you have to do. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of bands that Mile gets from out of the state that do the same exact thing that Doozy's doing here to make a living. Uh, Wild Adriatic is one of them. I like those guys too, but um, it's just it's something that I don't, I don't agree with. So anyways, let's uh, talk about the new video. In the new song, so this is a premiere for you guys. That it is. I, you know, I've been holding the questions towards the end of the show that I have for you about the video because it's not really fair to the people watching if they <laughs> haven't seen the video. So let's uh, let's play the video and hear the new song. Is there any th- any way you want to set this up before we play it? No, uh, this is our new single from our upcoming EP. The EP is called "It's Cool to Be Sad," and this song is called "Do You Want to Get High with Me." All right, this is. A premiere. World on, premiere. <laughs> world premiere on Code Zero Radio's Fox City's Core. The brand new video from Doozy. There brand new is. song. Do you want to get high with me? Great song. Great video. It, Thank you. How long did it take you to get that video shot? A few uh, hours. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like six or seven hours total, something yeah. like that. Diff- bunch of different locations. Shout out to Mark Goldie for helping us out with that and driving all over town to help us put it together and thanks for the location um dalton and ben from uh realm of darkness they do like a little haunted house so uh yeah they got they had actually two buildings so those are the two buildings that we used and then we use one of their houses so well you guys you guys have done work with mark goldie before so that mm-hmm. he did one of your earliest videos right oh, that's yeah. right yeah. long time ago so very he, first music video yeah he's taking part in your latest video too that's mm-hmm. pretty cool um, Mark, let's mention right now too. Mark started up the uh, Rocker and Live again a couple days ago. Yep. Except it's called Live at the Rock. It mm-hmm. was a, a great, a great show, and I can't say it enough. If you haven't seen a show at Rock Garden, go check out one of the Live at the Rocks because it is like a great venue to see a band. It's in the round. It's like intimate, that comfortable mm-hmm. seats. It's a great time. So definitely go see this before all of a sudden it's gone because yep. people yep. aren't supporting it and then it's shoulda coulda didn't and, and yep. all that so so that's great so mark was involved with the video um I, I took a couple notes i wanted to ask you about the address you mentioned 253 <laughs> north bond street which drove me nuts because i i'd put it into google maps and i wasn't sure if it was in appleton nina menasha but it came up nina in a parking lot I'm like well there must have been a house or something there or there must be something special about that location that it was used in this video um, nope. Nope. <laughs> I think I think somebody just made up an address yeah. and put that in. Yep. 
So that's funny that you did that research on it, and it's a parking lot. That's that makes it that's so much better. <laughs> well, we we can make up something maybe yeah. for the future because I thought I had something there. Maybe somebody subconsciously knows something about that address, but that it was a parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's see what else I had. There was you can see somebody at the beginning. There's somebody in the background if you look carefully. Um, in in the one of the back rooms, you can see an arm, and it's really brief. I tried to pause it, but it was really hard to. I haven't seen that. See. So I don't know who that was. I was going to ask you who that was, but I couldn't get like a good visual on the person. It could have been one of the two that D had mentioned. Uh, our good friend uh, Ryan Purdy, who does sound for us every now and then, he uh, was also in the video. It could have been him, or it could have been our friend Devin. I work with Devin. Um, he wasn't in the video, but he was flipping the light switches in a scene for us. <laughs> Best light flipper you could possibly ever get. It could be him. So I don't know. I, I didn't even random, notice yeah. that. There's so many random things going on in that video. <laughs> uh, some guy named Ryan Patterson left a comment. Hmm. He said, uh, oh, shoot, this interview was today. Uh, you know, Ryan, nice, nice, uh, nice. Was that a scream or a yell at, at the end of that video? <laughs> Yell yeah. probably sounds uh, better. But... Scream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right in my ear. <laughs> Nobody knew what was happening. We we missed you today, Ryan. I hope you're doing well. Uh... Well, Andy did. We didn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Love uh, you, bud. So the, the video, again, it was just a, a really fun video to watch. It looked like it was fun to shoot. I did notice like the, the scary kind of haunted house stuff. In yeah. There. I, I was trying to read what was on the, the note that was left at the door. So was that an actual, was there... Like, a, did you guys actually type out a real there were words, record yeah, company? On it. There were words printed on it. Yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head what it was, yeah, but there were, there were words on there. And then he just made something up <laughs> besides <laughs> the address. I was also trying to figure out if when you came outside to get the note, if there was somebody behind the door holding that outer door open. No, nope, that, 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 that was me. That was just me. It slightly moved right oh, at the end. Okay. I'm like, was there somebody back there holding that? And uh -huh. I was rewinding and I couldn't see any feet. I really ghost. wanted something. Like, maybe, all I got yeah, was maybe it was a ghost. The dead end address and yeah. uh, the person I can kind of see <laughs> in the, so the video. Funny. That's you did it. the research on that address. That oh, I love that. So how's this so song? Funny. Like, it, the song is is great. I love the song. Oh, like, thank how, you. How does this song tie in with the other three? Is it along the same vein or is it stylistically um, way different? Uh, kind of, uh, the whole EP itself has more darker vibes to it. Not so much even in the instrumentation, but in like the vocals, a lot of these songs were written during the COVID lockdown. And so it was a lot of like dark, um, sad thoughts. And that's why the title's called it's cool to be sad. Um, but, uh, this one's probably the hardest one off the record. The other ones are kind of, there's a punkier one. There's a more just kind of pure alt rock one um there's a there's a love song at the end that's uh, i i'm really proud of i like the instrumentation on that one okay. so this one i will say is definitely the harder one instrumentation wise honestly I, th I think like from the ep they all they're all a little bit different so they like you know jump in i don't want to say styles but like andy said you know you got like the poppier punky one and the uh alt rock one then you have this heavier rock one then we got a softer one so it kind of in that aspect it jumps but you still i i think if you pay attention to the title of the ep and then you go back and listen to the songs and you think or like just really listen to the lyrics and then think about like you know that feeling it it 
all kind of embodies each other. So they all it, it all goes with each other. Just like with the music, you don't really see it right away. You don't you don't hear it right away. So we had a couple comments here. Uh, Morgan Liz said that music was fire. And the music <laughs> yeah, the music video is fire. Uh, Bob Minter, five out of five on the song and the video. He's a, <laughs> inspired to be a professional light flipper. Which <laughs> keep working, Bob. You'll get there. A man can dream. Who is who's doing the light flipping? That's our friend Devin. He <laughs> just yeah, he just showed up, hung out with us. He just wanted to see what it was like to do a video and whatnot. And we couldn't find our spot for him because we already had the monsters all planned out. So we, we were just like, flip this light switch. He was like, okay. So he did that. <laughs> did uh, did Mark Goldie do the editing for the video too? Or did yep. he did? Okay, great. Um, how important do you think music videos are for bands? Because you do see it once in a while, but you don't see like mm-hmm. like videos with plots, especially in the, the Fox Cities. You don't see it that often. Like it's... Yeah. Um, for me, I always go back to what, Dave Grohl has always said and that they're just eye candy. It's just more promotion for the song and just have fun with it. And I've always been of the mindset. I've always told you, I like to make them funny. I like to have some comedy aspects to them just because I, for me, comedy catches my attention. So yeah. um, I feel like a lot of people buy into that and they like to laugh and like to have fun. And that's what we are. So sometimes the cheesier, the better. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> like, it seems like, Oh, this is so cheesy. But at the same time, you're like, this is funny. And that uh, we've always all bonded over, you know, comedy things. So we always have a lot of laughs in the car and shows and stuff. So well, I guess that's why you guys have been together so long again, too, to go back to Jerry's question, because you, you're actually friends. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, technically, you're business owners together, too, if mm-hmm. you look at it from that perspective. But it, if you don't look at it from that perspective, who's who's the one in the band that, that drives as far as, let's do this, let's do that, let's well, book, book our lives? Well, physically, I drive most of the time. Well, not, <laughs> you, you do drive there, a lot. I've there, been driving more lately. Yeah. Is there somebody in the, for that. Is there somebody in the band that, like, pushes, you know, wants to push the band to the next level, like, as far as, like, let's get the next step up or is that pretty much all three i think that's all three of us uh i think ryan really you know pushes us a lot um tries to you know get as many shows as we can get the big shows talks Mm -hmm. to a lot of people um you know music wise andy does you know he tries to make up so as many songs as he can and you know we've we've probably got another 15 20 songs in the vault that we've never released or played or anything either so we've consistently got a lot of stuff going on and i think uh for the most part i pretty much you know i'll do like our you know some of the album stuff and like release stuff you know all the extra intricates of you know behind the scenes kind of stuff but i think we all have that that push to like be at that next level um which is what we've been trying to do the last you know a few years um i think just you know more so recently it's kind of you know paying off a little more where you know we're constantly playing um and just kind of playing music and getting our name out there and i know andy has said this a few times he's like i feel the best way to get out there is just to play music play songs and play shows and um and i think that holds true it's just you know you got to do the uh, you know with social media getting bigger and bigger all the time um different outlets and stuff uh you you have to push that route as well but the 
best way. Um, I think the more authentic way is to, you know, get out there and just play shows. And that's how people hear about you instead of, oh, we heard a song about you, but then we go see you live and you don't sound anything like it. So that's another thing with our with our all of our music. We try to get it as close to what we're going to sound like live. So you don't get those, you know, oh, we sound great on a on a record, but live we're not that great. So. We uh, speaking of live, our friends over at Fox Cities Live uh, commented. They said hey, you guys should send over the upcoming show so they can add them to their Fox Cities Live page. Oh yeah, sure, let's do it. Absolutely. So check them out, Fox Cities Live on Facebook. Uh, good source. I don't, there are a lot of people in the area that don't know how to kind of find out where bands mm-hmm. are playing. There's so many places to look, but Fox Cities Live is a good a good one to to follow and definitely send your stuff into them. Sounds good. We'll get on that. So what's the the next the next step for Doozy? What's the next getting the EP released obviously and the videos out there in the world now? Um it's all just, downhill from here. Yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we reached our pinnacle. Um no, uh, we're always a band that likes to try to ride the momentum wave a little bit and once we get one thing going, we just kind of try to like to keep the ball rolling. So I think for right now it's just uh pushing this ep the new songs and keep playing shows we got another busy part of the schedule coming up here over the next month or so i know next week we're playing at paper fest and um just just keep playing shows for right now we're still working on adding new songs to our set and we're always working on new originals and demos and whatnot so just to keep pushing forward like that all right well i want to i want to thank you guys for coming on the show it's Thanks for having us. Great having you back here. It's great to be back. Big fan of Doozy and I love the new video and the new song. I think it's great. You guys are doing some really great songs and hopefully they get into more ear holes soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can check out the video again if you want to watch it. You can uh, go to Doozy's YouTube page and there's lots of other videos. If you're just discovering Doozy today, there's a lot of other videos on there funny one old days there's some humor in there i watched that one again last night uh, with my son he just loves the part with d eating the cupcake go subscribe to them on youtube follow them on facebook and and check out we've had the the shows kind of crawling on the bottom uh, of this but uh, go check them out live they're a really fun band to see live thank you and yes you're going to see some covers on on some shows but that just it's seeing doozies a, a fun time and you're going to hear songs you know, and you're going to hear some songs that you didn't know that are doozy songs that you're going to love. So you guys are welcome back anytime. Thank you, Thank v, you. Andy. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having us. Thank you for watching Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio.